the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a great question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Commencing countdown, engines on. Check ignition and make God's love be with you.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to shift gears and uh, talk about something we've all been experiencing uh, since the pandemic started. It's had a tremendous impact because of uh, quarantines and social distancing and and all kinds of things. It's impacted the way we shop, the way we uh, run our errands and and, uh, purchase things. And we're going to talk about some of those things and and the technology that we've uh, embraced during the uh, course of this pandemic so far with uh, my guest this hour who um, is from IBM. Carl Haller is his name. He joins me by phone. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me on today. Um, Carl, let me, let me ask about... Uh, something that's that's been on everybody's mind i i didn't think it was as bad during the holiday season as people were predicting but this whole idea of uh supply chain and whether or not goods were going to be in stores or whether or not deliveries could be made on time and i thought things went fairly smooth um what what is your impression of of how we fared Actually, I was just looking at some of the data from Holiday, and you know, a lot of different companies report a lot of different data points. But you know, this is the, the holiday of 2021 is going to go down as one of the, uh, the top two holidays probably in the last 20 years. The uh, overall retail sales growth is probably it'll either be you know in the high single digits above last year or the low double digits above last year which is a pretty banner year especially considering 
you know, all the challenges you mentioned in the, uh, in the supply chain. Um, and, and just the, you know, at the very end of the holiday, the, uh, the ripple effects of, uh, Omicron coming in, um, and impacting, you know, that last minute shopping. Well, I know our household has has changed very drastically um, in terms of of how we how we consume. I mean, we're we're ordering a lot more things online. We're having delivery. It, if I go back two years, Carl, I didn't like to use self checkout, <laughs> and now I'm having groceries delivered. I'm I'm having things shipped here rather than going to the store in person, which was always, uh, you know, my my routine. And, and I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, but I was reading something that said uh, how technology, I, I mean, I understand how technology is, is helping people stay caught up with, with shopping and errands and all of that online. But how is it impacting um, in-store visits. So I think you know, and again, we we find this same same with my household as well. We've uh, our shopping habits, our buying habits have changed, and and um, we just released a global study of consumer shopping behavior uh, just this week, um, and we found the same thing. We validated that with. You know, almost 20,000 consumers in 28 countries around the world. And, you know, one of the things we found is that shopping habits that were, you know, adopted out of necessity, you know, 18 months ago have now just become habitual and normal. Um, and they're just now the way we shop. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's a big change. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, Carl. Know, we, convenience matters. Yep. I, it's funny, Carl, because, we're buying the same stuff. You know, we really haven't changed so much what we consume, but the way that we get it done. You know, whether we have things delivered or uh, order things online, get things in the mail, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. And and one of the things we found in uh, in this study, is, uh, we call it the Consumer 2022 study, um, is that actually there's no more... It's not just online and in-store anymore. Um, there's been an emergence of what we refer to as hybrid shopping, which combines some of the best of both worlds. So maybe you're for certain products, you like to shop from home, but you want to go to the store to pick those things up, or you want to go to the store um, to have them loaded into the trunk of your car. Maybe, on the other hand, you actually like going to the store. You want to go up and down the aisles. You want to pick exactly the products that you want, but, you know, you don't want to bring those things home. So you can get those things delivered. Or maybe it's a big or bulky item, and you want to go look at it. You know, maybe it's a couch or a chair. You want to go look at it. You want to go sit on it. But you're not going to walk out of the store with that. So you shop in-store, but then they deliver it to you later. Um, and, and we see a lot of this, you know, kind of jumping around from channel to channel, you know, in-store, online, mobile, social. Um, and that's now the primary way of buying. The hybrid hybrid approach is the primary way of buying yeah, it's for funny. more than one in four consumers around the world. It's it's interesting because I, you know I have I have done curbside pickup. I've had things delivered to my house. 
I've done shopping, you know, in store. And and it's and it's interesting and, and I think you kinda touched on it, Carl. There are certain brands that and, and certain products that I almost have to go pick out in person. Whereas everything else Exactly. You know, toilet paper, paper towels, uh, ketchup, mustard, you know, those those got to have things that you mentioned. Um, Those things you can go online, pick them, you know, and and they just show up on your porch (laughs) the next day or later that day. Um, But then there are these these little brand favorites that you and, and sometimes, well, fresh produce is an example of something where, yeah, you can order it, you can have it delivered, but you might not be as happy as what you might pick out yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, we're a country of, what, 350 million people. We all make those decisions and those trade-offs differently. You know, so there, I, I, I'm with you. I, I like to get my produce, you know, and I like to go get that in the store. Know, so whether it's the produce or whether it's the, uh, you know, the um, uh, the meat or maybe the fish or something, you know, I want to go in and take a look at that. Um, similarly, um, you know, I'll often still go to the store for certain types of clothing or to try on a pair of shoes to make sure they fit. You know, I've got a good friend. He was telling me, like, he'll ask his wife to go buy him a shirt. And he doesn't even have to specify is that a T-shirt? Is that a polo shirt? Is that a dress shirt? It'll just be a shirt, and it'll be something he's okay with because that's the trade-off he makes. You know, it's like that's a more of a basic item to him. Well, but where it might be a you know that, a high fashion item to someone else. But that's that's different than than asking somebody in the store to send you a shirt. You know, yes, yes it is. It's still different than asking someone in the store to send <laughs> you, you know, a shirt. That's uh, that's that's when, you know, if it's somebody who knows you and they go pick up a shirt for you, they know what you like. <laughs> you know, they're 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 gonna pick yeah. out something you're gonna be okay with. Because um, I've had you know Yeah, and and frankly, I will tell you, especially when it comes to clothing, good sales associates, you know, uh, when you start to develop a relationship you know, with a sales associate, you shop the same store over and over again, you know, they do have a good sense of, uh, of what you like. And, you know, I've had the good fortune of working for a couple of uh, good menswear brands uh, and women's wear brands over the years. And, you know, you, you start to see there are some real talented people in the store that when you're, when you become a regular customer, they get really good at knowing exactly what you like and exactly what you won't like. Um, and, and that's something that I think retailers are going to start paying more attention to, which is um, you know, enabling those people on the front line, whether they're in a store, whether they're in a you know, call center, um, enabling them with tools so they can do a better job you know, with the customers, with all of us, all those people who they serve. More about trends in retail and how technology is impacting those trends with Carl Haller from IBM, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom general stuff listen I have a legal question what is it mom I just got a call from the water company apparently your father has not been paying the bill I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than a thousand dollars now can you believe it actually I can't so listen We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More about trends in retail and how technology is impacting those trends with Carl Haller from IBM straight ahead. Now, I've run into empty shelves a couple times, not as bad as some of the media reports I've seen over the last year or two, but um, it's it's got me wondering, with all of these different options for how products get into the homes and hands of consumers, where is this stuff? Is it in warehouses, uh, you know, waiting for last-minute shipping to, to stores to put on shelves? Is it um, in, in warehouses because it may get shipped directly? Where, where is merchandise these days? Yeah, mer- merchandise is everywhere. You know, and, and I actually <laughs> come back and think about it. Like, you know, we talk about a store. And if you think about the word store, like, it's a place to store things like that. that right. was, that's kind of a word, how it came about. Um, now what we, and, and as Americans, we're used to everything we would ever want being in that store. But now as more of us are shopping in different ways, um, we're going to see goods sitting in different places. You know, I, I, um, I see that in a lot of the products that I buy, um, I will increasingly see something that came, say, direct from a manufacturer. I bought a, I bought a, a, a new ski jacket from my son. Um, I ordered it from someplace, but it came in a box directly shipped from the brand that makes it. So it never even went to the store where I bought it. It just got shipped directly to me. So, and that, that's something called drop shipping. Um, I've had the same thing happen in foods. Um, where um, uh, I had a particular brand of pretzels that I ordered. I happened to get them online, um, but they arrived directly from the, uh, the pretzel maker located in Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, and, and, and in addition to that, we're seeing retailers start to not put as much inventory out in their stores, hold some of it back in the distribution center. You know, maybe it goes in a big box you know, a big box with a bunch of other things on a truck to, to your house. Um, or sometimes we're seeing the emergence of what are called micro-fulfillment centers, which is just a way of saying it's a very small distribution center, um, where they can send things in a, you know, in a city environment. It might be a 10 or 20 block radius that they cover. In a suburban environment, it might be a, you know, 10 mile radius that they cover but somewhere where they can pick something very quickly, you know, two, three minutes, and then they can get it in a car to you or, or in a city. It might be a bike courier to you um, in 30 minutes. And that's hard to do from a very big distribution center. So, you know, we're seeing retailers and brands move inventory and get it in a place that they can get it to the customer, how the customer wants it at the time the customer wants it. What is the role of, of technology in all of this? Is, is technology a way of, of um, analyzing uh, certain kinds of behaviors and, and then recommending strategies for how to accommodate those behaviors? 
Um, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> the role of technology is, you know, um, uh, gigantic and pervasive. Um, we, you know, I, I work for IBM. Um, you know, not surprisingly, we're pretty heavy into technology. And, you know, I would say the retail industry has been technology-focused for easily 20 years. Um, I equally think we're still in the early stages of a, you know, a technology-led or digital technology-led transformation of how a modern retailer needs to operate. Um, and, and there are so many, you know, what I'll call next generation or really to most consumers, the buzzwords that we hear that are all new technologies, things like artificial intelligence or AI, things like blockchain or crypto, things like virtual reality, uh, things like 5G, the super fast uh, network speed, um, things like um, uh, uh, what, what we call IoT or Internet of Things, where you know every device is, is digitally connected to the Internet. Those have all come about, you know, in a big, in a in a material way in the last five years, and I'd say in the next five years, for most of the big companies we work with, you know, the the big consumer products companies, the big fashion companies, the big retailers, um, those are prob those types those technologies that are you know kind of um, uh, you know buzzwordy now are going to be as common in five years as things like spreadsheets and email and PowerPoint are today. Is there ever going to be a time, and I'm thinking primarily with food, but I imagine it could uh, work its way into other products as well, but is there ever going to be a time where where the retailer is no longer necessary, where where the analysis of of people's habits it becomes um, so uh, organized within the the technology that's available that uh, such and such a meat packing plant knows that uh, Tom Sumner on Van Buren and Davison you know buys steak the first week of every month and a steak shows up. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think so. Um, and I think, frankly, if that starts to happen, someone will see a market opportunity. They'll see they'll see a business opportunity, I should say, to bring together all those goods into one order. I mean, think about it. If you had to do your grocery shopping, going to every consumer products company, every meat company, every fish company, every produce company, individual farmers to do that, it would be it would be a disaster, you know. And 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 we and if if we had to do that, you know, someone would reinvent retailing. I, I actually and I, I didn't think about this until you brought it up. I would draw the parallel to what's happened with um, uh, what we used to call cable and is now I think just called video streaming. You know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, most people got all the shows from one single provider um, and they paid, you know, I don't know, $60, $80, $100, $150 a month for that. 
And then that price kept going up and up and up. And then you saw this unbundling of those services. And so you had, you know, Netflix emerge and now there's Disney Plus and HBO Max, I think, and, you know, Hulu and Paramount Plus. And there are all these different services individually. And now it's gotten to the point where, you know, the average home, maybe they're not paying, you know, $150 or $100 a month to the local cable company, but they might actually have, you know, eight or 10 streaming services all at 10 to $15 a month um, that they're ending up paying the same thing. And now they have to jump back and forth between all these different apps on their TV <laughs> to figure out how to watch something. And so someone's going to come back and go, you know, what's a great idea. Let's bundle all these things together again. You know, so we, we swing back and forth in the industry, but I don't think, I don't think retail ever goes away because frankly, I define retail, not uh, who has a store and who doesn't have a store. I actually define retail as that's a company that has a commercial relationship selling things to people, selling things to consumers. Like that's what makes a retailer to me. And and what about this this idea of big box stores versus mom and pop shops and small businesses, local businesses? You know, I I live in a community that's been talking for at least five years about you know trying to encourage people to buy local more. Um, and and is that something that is um that are are small businesses able to compete and and be part of the equation or as technology made it so that you got to be pretty big to be able to um be competitive and attract customers I would say up until, you know, maybe two years ago, and, and again, this is another thing that I think was accelerated by the pandemic. I do think the scale was tipped heavily toward the big business who could go spend the money and go build out the technology. Um, one of the things that's happened among the technology community um, in, in the last two years and uh, with the continuing, you know, I'll say it's continuing decline in price of technology is advanced technologies and more advanced capabilities are now in the hands of small business owners. Now, the small business owner has to want to take advantage of it. But when I go into the local stores or the local restaurants near me, you know, I tend to see two or three, um, you know, tablet devices where they might be receiving orders uh, coming in from, you know, a variety of third-party shopping services. I see more and more small local businesses developing their own websites, partnering with a local delivery provider. You know, maybe it's a DoorDash or maybe it's an Uber Eats who don't just do food anymore, but they'll do, they'll do delivery from a local store. Um, and, and in, and in fact, sometimes when you're working with a local store, you can get things faster than you can get from the big box because literally they're pulling it off the shelf. The store is five miles away from you and you can get something in a half hour. You know, so those, I think we've seen a bit of a balance, uh, be able to be tipped back 
and more of a level playing field between the the largest companies and the smallest companies. Um, the ones the ones I start to worry about are the ones that are a bit stuck in the middle. They're sometimes you know the, the tweeners. If we were thinking about it uh, in a different way, they are too big to be small and nimble and agile, um, but they're not big enough, you know, to have the scale to do all the investment themselves. Um, and and I think what we're going to see is, you know, some of them will get combined into bigger companies, or maybe you know we'll have to shrink down to where they can be small and agile again. What do you think is is coming in the near future over this next year two years ago we never would have imagined you know curbside pickup and and grocery delivery in a lot of places where it's commonplace now what what are the next big things do you think carl yeah so uh so to quote um uh, the same philosopher yogi Berra, prediction is very hard especially if it's about the future <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see in some ways we will see a continuation, um, and a, a real rolling out, um, of a lot of the things that have started in the last two years. So I've talked about, um, hybrid shopping and this mix of that. It's not just in store or online. It's both. And being able to, you know, let's say you put some items in your shopping cart online, but then you go to the store and the store will know that, the associate will know that and know, oh, you look for these things, let me go get those for you, because they recognize that. A lot of those systems don't exist now. And and a lot of the work we do with retailers and brands is to help connect the dots between, you know, their different systems that they have. Um, another thing that I'm going to, that I think we're going to see more of is um, whether it's a big national chain or whether it's a local store, we're going to see the products that are being selected at for a given store will more and more reflect the needs and, and desires of the local community. So that might be, you know, maybe maybe there's um, it's a community where we're gonna they're gonna lean in more heavily towards sustainable and organic goods. Um, Maybe it's a community that likes larger, pa- larger, um, you know, uh, pack sizes, you know, larger box of cereal, a gallon, more of a gallon milk, less of a half gallon milk. Um, maybe it's colors or sizes in clothing. You know, so certain communities are just bigger and certain communities are just smaller. Um, and I, I find when I go into malls and look at stores, you find in some stores, it's all of the, you know, extra small sizes that are on say, on the sale rack in the back. And in other stores, it's all the extra large sizes that are on the sale rack in the back. And retailers and brands are getting better about understanding the needs of the local community and then responding to those needs with the right products. And, and I think, frankly, that's a great thing for consumers. Um, one other thing that I think we're going to see, and we haven't talked about this much yet, is I think we're going to see an increase in sustainable shopping um, and making choices that are, you know, good for the good for the shopper, good for the retailer or brand they're buying from, 
you know, good for the community, good for the workers who made, who make goods and move goods and sell goods, and good for the planet. And what what does that look like? Changes from changes in packaging and uh, uh, where material, you know, where products are coming from, how they're made. Is it all of the above? I think it, it, it's going to be a lot of things. So we do see changes in um, ingredients and formulations and how things are made. We see changes in where things are produced. Um, and, and I think, you know, one of the things we saw out of the, out of the supply chain is that, you know, not everything needs to come from Asia, you know, specifically China all the time. Um, we're seeing large brands diversify their manufacturing so they you know many brands will still go to a a lower cost country to do certain levels of manufacturing but when you factor in all of the costs of getting things here and sometimes the delays sometimes it's worth you know looking at places across the country that may still have a lower cost than a you know a, a san francisco or a new york or a very expensive place um, but you can still do a lot of good manufacturing in the country, and we see brands uh, starting to move toward that. So a shift in where things are made, a shift in how goods get to places. Um, so certainly, you know, we're starting to see a lot more electric vehicles on the road. Where, um, you know, those are those are making more sustainable choices. Um, even, you know, even things as simple um, or, or seemingly simple as not overproducing. You know, if, if, if you, many companies will make, you know, maybe they make five or 10% more than what they think they need because they don't want to be left short. Well, if they have a better view, more accurate view of what they really need, maybe they'll produce just the amount they need. And so you don't have a lot of waste. You know, I, I read a statistic. Um, we do a lot of work with, uh, with grocers and food companies and you know, we, we saw a statistic a couple of years ago that roughly one-third of food, um, total food everywhere, gets wasted. You know, that, reducing that by 5%, 10% can make a huge difference in sustainability. You know, so there, it, it's, it's a whole lot of things that are going um, to continue to you know, make sustainability more commonplace for everyone. Carl, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Yogi Berra. <laughs> He's always been one of my favorites, too. One of my favorite quotes, somebody asked him about a new restaurant in Los Angeles, and he said, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 pull, I pull the Yogi Berra quotes wherever I can. Um, let, me, let me ask you this um, very quickly to wrap things up. Um, Carl, what are some things, a lot of people are new to some of the technology that they're using, you know, Zoom platforms to talk with family and friends, older people are embracing technology in a way they didn't three years ago, five years ago. Um, what are some things that they need to do to keep themselves safe? Um. I, you know, and these are, and I, I won't say I'm a privacy and security, you know, digital security expert, um, but when I work, you know, with, with my family and with my parents and my wife's parents, 
you know, we try to tell them a lot of the same basics that people probably read about, you know. Don't give your information out to someone who calls you on the phone. Don't give your information out just because someone sent you an email or increasingly because someone sent you a text. Um, if you don't automatically click on a link that comes in an email or a text, um, if, if, you're, if it looks potentially fishy, go back go to the website of the, of the company who you think might be reaching out to you, type their URL in. So if you're a Citibank customer, type in Citibank.com or call the number on the back of your credit card, um, you know, or, or whatever, your, uh, whatever your, you know, your bank is, your institution. Same with retailers and brands. Um, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of bad actors out there, I would say, in terms of trying to um, take advantage of people who are not as digitally adept. You know, it's the same thing, like we used to all get the phone calls um, with, with people trying to get money, and then it was the emails with the Nigerian prince that, you know, would, would share money with you if you just gave them their bank, your bank account. You know, now more of those things have moved to people setting up fake websites that look like a real bank site. Um, so, you know, it, we have to all be more cautious, and if it at all looks fishy, it might be, and there's no harm in picking up the phone and calling that number that's on the back of your credit card or calling the number that didn't come in the email but came through, you know, a trusted source. You know, the bill that comes in the mail is probably right. a trusted source. Right. Um, the, the number that's at the bottom of your checkbook is a trusted source. Frankly, the number that you find, you know, in the phone book is a trusted source. Call them only when you call them and you know you're dealing with a real person. You want to give out your personal information. Well, Carl, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners. Um, any any uh, place that people might go to find out more about what we've been talking about? Do you have a website you'd like to share with people? We do. Your listeners will not be surprised that IBM does have a website. Um, the <laughs> Consumer 2022 study um, that I was making reference to is available within a piece of our website um, where we put all of our studies. It's called the Institute for Business Value, the IBM Institute for Business Value. And that particular site is ibm.com forward slash IBV. Well, Carl, thanks so much, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Tom. It was great talking to you today. Take care. Again, that was uh, Carl Haller. He is um, from IBM, and we've been talking a little bit about, uh, well, new trends in retail and the impact that uh, technology is having on some of those trends. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program the Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacle that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not, is a major factor in dancing like a retard, may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them, also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people, and it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! 
from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I guess anyone who has ever combed their hair, any man who's ever combed his hair and has noticed one little hair on the comb has thought to himself, uh, I'm going to lose all my hair. See, I'm going to be bald the rest of my life. And should I buy a tube? Any man has, has often in secrecy has said this to himself, should I buy a tube? Now, very often he makes the decision or sometimes the decision is made for him by his wife. This is the complaint department of a large uh, department store. I am. Um, <clears throat> you have a uh, you have a private room of some kind. Uh, I'd like uh, I'd like to discuss uh, returning a uh, Christmas gift. Uh, no, it's it's not underwear or anything like that. It's, uh, uh, see, my wife, uh, my wife bought me a toupee, and uh, I like I like to return it. I uh, it's under the hat, yeah. I, I I don't know what model it is. No, it's uh, it's the uh, crew cut with the uh, the widow's peak. Yeah. And it, Mr. Wonderful, is that well, whatever you call it. like to return it, see, and, um, well, I'll, I'll show it to you in just a minute. There's some people coming, just, uh, just, and don't stare at me, just, just look away. Just wait till they go by this. Are they by now? See, there it is, and, uh, well, uh, see, the, the problem is, uh, I notice uh, people pass me on the street and uh, they start laughing, you know, after they've uh, gone by. And uh, I, it makes me look years younger, I know, but uh, they still laugh, see. And uh, we went to this party, see, uh, around Christmas time, and uh, I bent down to uh, put some cheese dip on a, on a cracker, you know. <laughs> and it, it fell, you know, the toupee fell into the, <laughs> into the cheese dip, you know, and uh, everybody stopped having cheese dip. And, uh, The hostess, you know, she started crying and everything. And was, you know. <clears throat> so we, we spent a couple hours trying to fish it out of the cheese dip. And I, I took it home and I, uh, I put it in the washer dryer, you know. We have, uh, that's an, see, that's another problem. Uh, we have one of those windows, you know, and uh, the, kids, the kids like to sit and watch it, you know. And uh, <clears throat> now they're mad at me because I'm returning it, see. No, I don't, uh, I, I don't want the full exchange. I like to get a real cheap one, you know, just to put in the washer for the kids to watch. <laughs> well, no, see, I, I didn't know my wife was getting it for me. Uh, well, looking back, you know, I, uh, see, one morning she, she came in with a piece of paper and, and uh, she had me put my head on it and she traced it. You know? <laughs> but, 
she, you know, she'd never tell me why she did it, you know. So, well, see, the main complaint is it doesn't do, you know, what, what you say it's going to do. See, I, I understand it makes me look years younger, yeah, but see, yeah, I know, I know it stays on a hurricane. See, but, uh, <laughs> see, we're from Iowa, and uh, we, we really don't get that many hurricanes, you know. <laughs> See, mainly I want it to stay on when I, when I go down for the cheese dip, you know? <laughs> the, the price tag. Uh, you'd have to have the price tag be, before you could uh, give me a return. Can I use your phone a minute? Yeah. You want to take care of these other people? Honey? Uh, yeah, listen. Uh, you want to call the Hennessy's? Uh, ask them to look in the bottom uh, of the dish, see if there's a price tag in there. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
TomSummerProgram.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah Hi, I'm Alexander Zonjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 